Before I start preaching this morning, bringing the word, we got a, a special. And Kiki, would you come up here and get ready? We're going <laughs> to... As we get ready, whatever it takes to get ready for for this guy, I want to... I just want to talk a little about these overcomers, experts, whatever you want to call them now, whatever whatever they choose to be called. It's like, these men and women are on fire for Jesus. Matthew shared a little bit Friday night at the men's barbecue that these guys go out every Friday night already. They go out every Friday night to set the rest of the world on fire out there. They're, they're going out, they're sharing the gospel, they're sharing their testimony, they're sharing their music, and whatever somebody is willing to receive, they're willing to give from the Lord. And I'd just like him to bless the Lord in song this morning. Hey Amen, hallelujah. Uh... I'm going to pray real fast before we start. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just ask right now, Lord God, that, that you remove me, God, that, that these are your words, God, that, that it's a reflection of you, Lord Jesus. I, I thank you for all that you do in our lives, in our families, in our households, God. You're amazing, Lord, and we thank you so much. In your mighty name we all say, amen. Amen. So, uh, uh, the email... That, yeah. Brother Kiki, lead the way, V1. Yep, that's, what, that's it right there. So I know a lot of people might not be into like rap and hip hop and stuff. And that's okay because when I do music, I do it for God. And, it, and it's my form of, of, of worship, right? So, so if maybe rap might not be your thing, but I want you to listen to the words. Because I think the words is what we will all relate to. Have we got... We got something ready to go up there. There we go. Come on. Whether the gods your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but it's for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come on. Yes, hallelujah. You guys want to stand up and worship God with me this morning? Come on, let's put our hands up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, thank you, Lord. Look, this last week, man, the enemy been testing me. I let my pride and my anger get the best of me. Forgive me, Lord, for every time I fail mentally. Promise to fix this and give you all that's left of me. My wife corrected me and I got out of line. Lord, I wasn't patient and no, I wasn't kind. I do this every time. Where's this anger coming from? What kind of example am I leaving my son now? Priest of my household, leader of my home. Use my bedroom as an altar. Let your Holy Spirit roam. Yes, forgive me. 
as I spiritually fight. I keep on pressing on until I get it right. When I fail, you at prayer time and not living in word. And yet you still continue giving grace I don't deserve. Holy Spirit, guide me as I learn this way of living. Make me without blemish. Let me live in your image. Remind me as I lead, Lord, in everything I do. That I keep my temple pure because I'm representing you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I've ever been. I was confused. You made it clearer than it's ever been. But I need you, Jesus. Without you, I can't even breathe. Lord of miracles, my comforter, you give me peace. I praise you, Father, for everything you've given me. Constantly proving that your Holy Spirit is in me. I seek your presence, Lord. I give my light to you. Made in your image, I just want to spend some time with you. You take my pain away. You bring my smile back. I surrender. Should have done this here a while back. The glory's yours, Lord. Regardless of what must become. Hallelujah, Lord. The truth, you are my hope and love. Yes, Jesus. Have, have your way today, Lord God. I just ask right now, Lord, that, that no matter what we do, God, when, when we take that next step in our life, God, that we remember that, that you made the way for that step, Lord God. Lord, I ask for, for protection over every one of our households, Lord. I ask for, for you to just rain down love over this building today, Lord God. Lord, I just ask that you anoint the man of God, our pastor God today, Lord God, that you put a protection over him and his wife and his family, God, over his household, Lord God. Lord, we all stand in agreement, and in your name we all say, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you pray over me? Lord God, I just ask that you continue, God, to just flow through this man of God, Lord. The man that you made for us, God, to, to lead away, God, you know that this is not a uh, uh, something that he takes lightly, Lord, that this is an important job. Lord, and he takes it so serious, and it's, and it's evident, God, that by the love in this, in this building, Lord. Lord, I ask that you, you continue to just bless him with good health, Lord God. Lord, his life, God, being an amazing husband, God, a leader, a father, not only to his, to his kids, but to us, God, his spiritual children, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this man, God. We ask for abundance, abundance, abundance of blessing, Lord God, over his life, over his heart, God. Lord, we thank you so much, God, in your mighty name. Amen. Right, baby. <clears throat> yeah, you can be seated.
Okay, all right. Are we ready? You know, um, Kiki, Um, Okay, I'm ready. Ready? Thanks, Dave. <clears throat> I think I would just talk a little bit before I <clears throat> before we get into scripture and uh, start the message. It, it <clears throat> Tiki, I should have left you with that mic for a little longer there, man. Let, let you preach for a minute or two. Okay, uh, you know, I've had several talks with Pastor Rich. Man, how many of us appreciate Pastor Rich Mincer here? So. And he's talked about, we have talked about vocation and avocation. You know, avocation being something that you're passionate about, something that, that, that is beside what you do to make a living something that you're, that you're passionate about. It can be a, you know, a, an amazing hobby, but the context that we've talked about it in is like you're serving the church, you're serving God and serving the church. You know, your, your avocation is something that we have in common that besides the job that we do every day, our vocation, our avocation is being passionate about God and the things that He does and what He wants us to do and what He's called us to do. That's part of, for me, that's been a, a significant avocation of mine. That's where my passion has been for, uh, for a number of years. And <clears throat> I was thinking as we at Valley Church have been able to expand and, and bring on more staff, and I think of uh, full-time, full-time ministry. When you think of full-time ministry, you think of somebody that, that, that comes to the church and that gets a paycheck, Right? Is that not what you think of full-time ministry? No? No. Well, what do you think of? Service, service. Us. Full-time ministry is us. So it goes beyond avocation then. So avocation is the full-time ministry, and the job that we do is what we have to do to be able to support the full-time ministry. Is that, is that what you're saying right there? <laughs> I think that's really good. I, I, was, I was thinking it had been 16 and a half, a little over 16 and a half years ago that I came to the church to go into full-time ministry because I was going to, for the first time ever in my life, get a check from the church to be working for the church. And I was supposed to put in at least 40 hours a week to do that. So it seemed like that's full-time ministry because that's what I'm getting a paycheck for. So it wasn't just my avocation. It has become my vocation. I remember Dale and uh, Tom L. has passed now, came to me, took me to breakfast, and said, man, we would really love for you to come to work for the church. And I remember one of the things that he said, I just hope that you'd ever preach. We just want you to work on the money part. 
You remember that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. No worries there. So I, I was hired, brought in as a vocation, and my avocation, my passion, ended up having no idea that I would ever, or any plans on ever, being pastor of this church, but God just had different plans. It's amazing how he puts the pieces together, and it's like, who would have ever, obviously, who would have ever imagined after the comment that those guys made, we don't ever want you to try to preach, but, um, and here I am 16 and a half years later, but I really believe, I was thinking, I'm thinking a lot about full-time ministry full-time ministry. I look down here in the second row and look at Craig and Dina, who, who've definitely been, Dina has definitely transitioned into full-time ministry. She, she's talking on the phone anytime, well, wait, oh, somebody else is calling right now. I got to go pray for somebody. Got to pray for somebody. It's like, wow, my wife, my wife, Renee, we have now been, you know what, since the last time I've been up here, we've celebrated 31 years of marriage. God bless me with an amazing woman right there on the front row. That I think that I started getting a paycheck from the church, but she was in full-time ministry long before me. Uh, and I realized that full-time ministry is something probably in the last three, four years, in reality, it has become a full-time ministry for us, and that Renee is in full-time ministry and was before, before me. I look at Pastor Tim, and I remember when, two and a half years ago, two years and eight months ago, when, when Pastor Tim came on board, and I was explaining to him, you know, here, here, here is the salary that you're going to get, but I want you to remember, remember how much time that you donated to the church as an avocation before you started to get a salary, and I don't want you to quit that. You have a passion for serving God, and now you're going to be able to work for the church rather than working for an industry, working for out there in the, in the world. It's like, man, what a blessing it is. But when you turn around and start to mix, this is just a little something that I feel like I need to share. When you turn around and start to mix my value and what I would be making out in the world if I was working for the world, what my paycheck looked like, and I'm, I'm not getting quite the same from the church as I was when I was out there working in the world. And so, okay, came back to a discussion. It's like, wait, wait, let's think about this. You were probably putting in about 20 hours a week when you were volunteering your time. Now you don't have to put in that 20 hours of volunteering all of the time because you're being paid for what you do. It's just crazy how we can start to decide when we're in full-time ministry that we begin to put a value on our time and start to almost develop a resentment. You can be in ministry and develop a resentment because I've prayed for people up here around this altar that have come here from other churches ask for prayer because had something that, that, that there was a resentment in their life or that something that needed forgiveness, and it was for the church that they were serving at 
because they felt like they had become indentured servants to that church. Can you believe that? Yeah. So you can be working at a church, be serving at a church, be getting paid at the church, be even getting paid well at the church, and not be genuinely serving God from your heart. It's like, oh. That's where we have to end up separating the avocation, what our passion is, what we're called to do through our passion, and what we get paid to do. This makes sense to anybody? It's like there are people that work for the church, and I don't mean this church, because if anybody at this church starts complaining, we'll talk to the board and they get fired. No. <laughs> Not everybody's laughing. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> when, but it's something that's, that's so interesting that started kind of connecting dots and making bells ring for me. It's like about a month or so ago, uh, Pastor Matthew and I ended up having to go to the bank to do some business at the bank. And I don't think I told about, no, surely not. My memory's better than that. We went over to the bank, and, and there was a lady at the bank where, where we do business, and, and we were trying to make some adjustments, make some changes. And she said, well, we're short-staffed. She was absolutely irritated that she had to take care of us. And we sat there, and we're trying to you know, be patient, and she's kind of... And finally, I just opened the door and I said, you know, have you done anything fun this summer? She's like, looked at me like, why would you be asking that? It's like, it's like because in, 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 my, in my heart, in my mind, it's like, obviously you're having a little bit of a rough day right now. Maybe we can change that just a little bit. And so, have you done anything fun this summer? And she looks at me and says, well, yeah, 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 I went to Mexico. And I said, oh, I bet you had a great time there. I love Mexico. And she said, yeah, for about three days, and then the rest of it was just horrible. It's like, oh, oh, great subject, Lynn. <laughs> I said, uh, she said, yeah, my brother was killed. It's like, oh. Yeah, the cartel killed my brother. It's like, oh my goodness. So in opening that door, she ended up just all of a sudden, all she wants to do is visit and just pour out her heart to us. And just like, so Matthew and I sat there and we listened. We, we went there thinking we were in a hurry and I was just hoping to encourage her a little bit, maybe lift her spirits just a little bit so she'd at least be nice to us and finish what she was doing. But in so doing, ended up opening the door for her to just like, pour her heart out about her brother. And, and so then we started talking about, you know, God and what her brother's future looked like. And, and uh, it turned out to be a, you know, just a beautiful time that we had together. We got to minister to her right there in the bank when she was all grumpy. And it's like one of those situations where we have no idea what the person that we're speaking to might be going through and we can be encouragers in such an easy, easy way by just, you know, asking a, asking a little question. Try to bring a, bring a little light and a little cheer into a situation. 
and then have them pour their heart out, then get to talk to them about the Lord, then get to talk to them about life after death, then get to talk to them, and then get to pray with her, and, and then Matthew share a word with her when we're, when we're finished. It's like it, it's a beautiful thing, and we're, we're driving back, and, and, then, and, and Matthew says, hmm, wow. He says, uh, I need to spend a little more time doing that. I, I'd like to spend a little bit more time running around with you. You, you just do that. He said, we, we're going to do and to, uh, to accomplish a job, and we end up ministering to a lady. And he said, man, I am so encouraged by that. He said, like, that's a ministry outside the church. And I said, yes, yes, yeah. Something like that, went something like that. He's sitting right there, man, going. Yeah. So I, I was, you know, I've processed that a little bit. It's not something that I really would even think twice about because in the last few years, that's become such an integral part of who I am and what I do that I don't even think about that. You know, when we're, when we're serving God and when we're passionate about that and we're looking at people in their, in their lives and seeing pain in their eyes, seeing whatever it is, that, that, that we see if we pay attention to the details and if we truly love people, he's going to lead us into situations where we can bless people. But the key component to that is, you know, it doesn't matter what my gifting is. It doesn't matter how gifted I am, how smart I am, how great a preacher I am. Uh, if... I don't have love and compassion for people. Paul says it's like clanging bells or ringing cymbals. doesn't matter what my gift is. If I don't really genuinely love people and share the passion and my compassion for those people, it's like I can have all the gifts, I can speak in tongues, I can do all of that. And it's nothing more than ringing cymbals or clanging bells. Love, love, love. Okay. I'm ready to get into Scripture and start preaching now. Acts 13, verse 22. I want to... This is something that I felt like I was reading through this. I thought, wow, this is like, this is pretty revelatory to me right here. Should I share this? Should I? Um, and now that I've teased you just a little bit, I guess I will. I'm going to make it really short, though. Um, we're going to Acts 13 and uh, 22 and 23. After the children of Israel, I've got to lay just a little bit of the foundation for this. After the children of Israel had, had, had moved into the, to the land, to, into the promised land, this is what he, he's, he's talking about right here in, in Acts. They've moved in and, and judges have been established. You know, the, there were judges that were appointed over the lands. They, so the children of Israel were ruled by judges, which means judgments, which means they were judging the law and how the people were living under the law, okay? So, 
It was the law of Moses given, and judges were appointed for about 450 years until the time of Samuel the prophet. So we went from the law being judged by the judges for about 450 years, this is verse 20, until the time of Samuel the prophet. Verse 21, and afterwards they asked for a king. So Samuel's job was to... Uh, to bring a king. He, he brought Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. Saul was king. Saul was a great king for a very short time, and then Saul just kind of fell away. We don't even have time to go into that. But when he had removed him, he, capital H, when God had removed Saul, he raised up from them David as king. To whom? Also, he gave testimony and said, he, God, gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Everybody say, all my will. All his will. So... I just think a time of judges and judgment and law to a time of the prophetic actually happening, the prophets speaking, hearing from God and speaking, to a time of a king where there was a a central governing person that brought it all together and became the center of it, who was the king... That was King Saul. King Saul, who was not a man after God's own heart, per se, was, it was taken away from him after 40 years. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do, again I say, all my will. For from this man's seed, from, from the, the seed of David, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus so, first king, David, or first king Saul, second king that we're talking about, David. From David's seed, come down through the prophetic, from David's seed was raised up Jesus to be king of kings, lord of lords, our savior. Now, I want to... I want to spend a little bit of time. It's like a man after God's own heart. How do you think, as we turn to Hebrews 13, 15, and 16, how do you think David related, connected, understood, and knew about the heart of God? I've pondered that one. And... I've come up with several answers here. One predominant answer. Hebrews 13, 15, 16. Therefore, after therefore, it means something we really pay attention to it. By him, by Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Mm. Sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But 
do not forget to do good and to share. Everybody say, do good and share. You know, it seems like, not seems like, I can just speak from, I could testify over and over of the things in my life that have happened. The more generous that I have become over the years, the more blessed that I have become. It's like, do good and share. To do good and share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. A man after God's own heart. It's like, how did David connect with God's own heart? It was through incredible worship. Worship, 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 worship. Worship, and worship some more. In, I want to go to 2 Samuel and start with chapter 6. Going to learn a little more about David here. 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting with verse 5. I'm just going to skim through these pretty quickly. Um, 2 Samuel 6, 5. Then David and all the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments made of fir wood, on harps, on stringed instruments, on tambourines, on systems, and on cymbals. So what did David do to connect with the heart of God? He played worship music. He made music, all kinds of music. 6.12. Let's move to 6.12. And it was told to David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And that's the house where the ark of the Lord was kept, the ark of the covenant was kept. And while the presence of God in that ark was in the house of Obed-Edom, he was incredibly blessed. So David said, It's time that we have that ark back. So, all that, so the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness, with gladness. We bring the presence of God, we entertain the presence of God with gladness. Everybody say gladness. gladness. And moving on, uh, 6.12. We just let read 6, 12, 6, 14, and 15. As they were bringing it into the city of David, as they got close to the city of David, Jerusalem, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was wearing a linen ephod. So what has David done? We're talking about gladness, rejoicing, gladness, music, music. Now we're talking about dancing. He danced before the Lord. So as we're talking about worship, we're talking about not only singing, not only clapping our hands, not only cymbals, not only trumpets, not only all of those things, but dancing before the Lord. <laughs> David danced before the Lord. How did he do it? With all his might. With all his might. Say, I've... I know I've heard before people say, it's like, what, what in the world? Why do you, it's like a little bit crazy there in your church because some people are dancing, some people are jumping up and down, some people are doing, man, nothing compared to David. 
He's dancing, jumping, twirling in a linen ephod with all his might. We don't want any linen ephods, but we definitely are okay with jumping, dancing, twirling with all your might. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So what else is involved in worship? Bringing the presence of God in. Shouting. Oh, man, and I was, <laughs> that's probably why I was crying part of the time, just listening to the congregation shouting, worshiping, cheering, just having a fabulous time in the presence of God this morning. And I saw all of it happening here. But I would just encourage that more of us get the full blessing of worship by engaging physically in worship. Okay, moving on. Uh, 6.22. So David came into town, and he's jumping, twirling. He's not really all that well covered up. His wife's indignant. She is actually furious at him. And she lets him know just how she feels about that. And here's his response. Just before the, the, the very last sentence of, Verse 21, therefore I, so here's his response to his wife, therefore I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. Mm. Mm. The Lord dealt with me, it's now been probably 20 years ago about my unwillingness, because I don't like the idea of what I might look like to somebody, because I always liked to make sure that I maintained a certain air of cool. (laughs) I'm not sure what's so funny about that, but (laughs) that was before, that was before. This is the undignified version. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. The Lord told me when he started giving me a little chastening, said, you know, the only reason that you don't, it's your pride. It's like, well, mm. it's my pride keeping me from worshiping the Lord the way he wanted to be worshipped by me. It's like, oh. It's like you're worshiping to an audience of one. You need to forget what the other people around you are thinking about you. Because you're not worshiping for them. You're worshiping for me. Now, since that time, because at that time he was dealing specifically with me and my, and my pride and you need to forget about them, then it's come back around. It's like, okay, They need to see you. They need to know we have worship leaders and we have lead worshipers. We have worship leaders and we have lead worshipers. And lead worshipers are, can be, should be, will be, and quite regularly are examples to the rest of us as we watch them worship. It's like, well, why not you? Why not me? Why do I stay in my seat? 
Can I be just as blessed in my seat? Well, you can be blessed in your seat, but if you want the full benefit of worship, I don't mean everybody has to gather around here. We don't have enough room. But you can move out in the aisle. You can be back at the back. You can be waving your arms. You can raise your hand. I remember Renee's grandpa saying to me uh, one time, he's like, man, son, raise your arms while you can. It's like... Yeah. And we were still at the old church then. Raise your arms while you can. Worship the Lord while you can. Jump up and down while you can. Dance before the Lord while you can. There's a day that comes when you just don't feel quite the same about jumping and skipping and kicking and, and twirling. Some of that twirl stuff now, I'd have to have somebody close by that I could put my hand on their shoulder to regain my balance if I do some of that. Okay. I really <clears throat> firmly believe that when we fully engage ourselves mind, body. It's a, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your understanding, with all your body, that, that when we physically engage in worship, to love on Him that way, there's even scripture that said He dances over us, and He sings over us. So why would we not dance over Him, sing over Him, and show Him that we're glorifying Him by the way that we worship? It's like, get over our pride, get over yourself, and your air of cool, and get out there and show him, because there's incredible benefit, there is physical, psychological, emotional benefit that comes from engaging physically in worship. Okay. Let's go to Second Samuel twenty-four, twenty-four. I think this is a, a significant Second uh, Samuel twenty-four, twenty-four. King David was going to 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 create, to do, to to make a sacrifice, a sacrifice to the Lord for a specific reason. I definitely don't have time to go into that, but he was going to make a sacrifice to the Lord, so he went to. Uh, Oh, uh, to a green, uh, their threshing floor, yes, yes, yes. So he went to a, oh, it probably says it up there if I would look and I saw. <laughs> You're not so smart, it's right up there. On the <laughs> okay, then the king said to that guy, he went and, and he talked to him and said, what are, you, what are you here for, king? And he said, I'm here to make a sacrifice to the Lord for this specific purpose. For, and he said, oh, well, anything you need, I will give to you. And he said, whoa, 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 wait. I can't make a sacrifice to the Lord that costs me nothing. I can't make a sacrifice to the Lord that costs me nothing. I'm going to give you 50 pieces of silver, 50 shekels of silver for, for that and then it will be a sacrifice that has cost me that I can make 
to the Lord. It's like when we bring the sacrifice of praise to the Lord, and, we, and it becomes a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes that's like getting up, getting out, stepping out to worship and to genuinely worship Him when I just don't feel like it. It's like, man, I have had a rough day. I ain't feeling it right now. I'm just sitting in my seat. You guys worship, and, and I'll just stay in my seat for a little bit. I don't feel like it. Well, when we're bringing the sacrifice of praise, we don't have to feel like it. We praise Him whether we feel like it or whether we don't. That way, that way it, 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 we're bringing into alignment mind, we're triune beings, and we're bringing into alignment mind, body, and spirit. All things are aligning. We have that spirit of God living in us. We know that. Jesus in me. Jesus in me. He's living in me. But sometimes there is a major conflict going on in my head. That distance from here to here can be an incredibly difficult, challenging road to make for my spirit and my head to connect. But I'll tell you what, when I start feeling, oh, Depressed, discouraged, I'm not a depressed person. I don't say that I've ever actually gone into bouts of depression or anything, but everybody has experienced times of depression where I feel somewhat, somewhat depressed. But if I will jump in in the times that I least feel like it, if I will jump in and just start to worship Him, let Him know how thankful I am, how grateful I am, how much I love Him, grab onto the promises that He's made, oh my goodness, that depression, that oppression, that whatever, suppression will break off and I will feel completely different. And if I will get silly and goofy and do a little bit of... <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of some of that kind of stuff, it'll go even quicker. It's like, you know, Jesus said, in Matthew 10, 32, those who will acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father. So it's like, oh, man, I'm worried about what somebody might think if I'm going to get up and dance or I'm going to jump up and down, I'm going to clap my hands or I'm going to get up and praise him and do the whirly twirly. And, and Jesus to say, you're missing the boat, son. You're missing the boat, daughter. I want you to acknowledge me before men. Not just the worth the words of your mouth, but the actions of your body when you're worshiping me. Okay, back to David for a little bit. Let's, let's look at a couple of psalms really quick. Um, Psalm 100. Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't say anything about a whistle there, but <laughs> no. You can whistle a lot louder than you can shout, so I'm for it. Whistle it. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness again. Gladness. Man, who, <laughs> when we're representing King Jesus, we better be doing it with gladness. And if we can't get ourselves glad in that very moment, we need to get with him, experience his goodness, get into his presence with singing, with dancing, enter his gates with praise so we can get glad again. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with... Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us. We didn't make ourselves. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with... Enter into his courts with... And be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. <laughs> 103, Psalm 103, 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now here's where we're, we're going to go back to this for a second. What is it? Is it usually my body or is it my soul that doesn't feel like worshiping? It's my soul. And my brain and my spirit needs to say to my soul, bless the Lord, soul. <laughs> bless the Lord, oh my soul. That's that connection that needs to be made right here. The decision that we have to make right here. When I sp bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Again, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I've talked here a few messages ago about when we live with an attitude of gratitude, it becomes an attitude of worship because of all of the things that we're grateful for that we continue to praise him and thank him for. Forget not all his benefits. We need to count those benefits. We need to write those down sometimes. Like, he's so good to us. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, chocolate, <laughs> so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Okay, Psalms 9, verses 1 and 2. Another Psalm of David. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name 
O God Most High. Philippians 4. Let's go to Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We are supposed to be a joy-filled, rejoicing people. And when we do so, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. I actually wanted to. I'm going to carry on a little further with, with that. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, oh, everybody say gentleness, be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving again. Supplication. You know what supplication means? It means like humility. It's like that, that, that I humble myself. Again, a, a humility. Supplication that I am humbly asking, humbly thanking that I'm coming before the Lord humbly, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, oh, so again we go back to worshiping Him, praising Him, thanking Him, looking for reasons to be grateful to Him, living in that state, in that realm, seated with Him in heavenly places, because we've connected with His heart, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This last part. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So we want to know to get out of a funk, how to get out of a slump. Praise your way out. Thank your way out. Dance your way out. Shout your way out. Make declarations to him. It's like, and then control what you're thinking about. Man, if we stay focused on the news and all the leads that pop up on my phone now, on my emails, like, holy smoke, there's no hope left. We are living in a hopeless time, but no, no, no. We're living in the greatest time ever where we have more opportunity <laughs> to show, to reflect the goodness of God. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. Uh, in fact, Romans 8, 28 through 31, it's like, yeah. We were, I, man, we had such an incredible message last Sunday. Woo. 
if you were here, you missed out big time. Wow. I think that was the most comprehensive from, from salvation to filled with the Holy Spirit to the way that we are to live. Oh, my goodness. Powerful, powerful people, powerful stuff, wonderful message. Great, great, great. But we're called. That's what we're called. We have Jesus in us. We have Jesus in us. Holy Spirit leading us, guiding us, directing us. And the Holy Spirit's in us. This is something that Bill Johnson has said. We have the Holy Spirit in us for us. Holy Spirit's in us for us. To, to, to protect us, to guide us, for us to feel the comfort, for us to, you know, to feel and experience the Holy Spirit on us. He will, when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, you will be wrapped in the Holy Spirit, endued with power from on high when Holy Spirit has come up on you. Endued with power from on high. So we have him in us, for us, so that we can end up oh, just basking in his goodness. We have him on us for them, for ministry. In us, for us, on us, for you, on us, for them. That we can be the light of the world. So we need to bring things into alignment. We need to walk in that power and the authority that he's given us. And just worship our way to success. James... 4 7 says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I really I think that we, the time that we're living in right now, it is so easy for us to create agreement with the enemy who brings fear, 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 fear into our lives. We start listening to too much junk and then we start to take that in and to ponder that and to even to think about that, we can become fearful, we can become depressed, we can become hopeless. It's like, who are you creating agreement with? Who are you partnering with? Are we partnering with truth? Partnering, here's what I've got written down, are we going to partner with truth? and promises of God, or are we going to come into agreement and partner with fear, lies of the enemy, and our feelings? It's like, no, it's a Holy Spirit alignment where we're going to partner with truth. We're going to partner with promises. We're going to partner with the Word of God, holding fast to the Word of God. And we're going to grasp onto that weapon that warfare that comes through worship. We can overcome through worship. In fact, I'd like to have the worship team up here, the entire worship team. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and anything that you need, all of these things that you find yourself in need of, will be added unto you. It's like, but the first thing that we need to do is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
we know that, go back to the, to the scripture that, about kingdom, about Jesus being the king, about him being our salvation. And when Jesus came, it said the kingdom of God. He went about preaching and telling everybody else to preach. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. I'm here. I'm here. I have brought it. I'm here. We're here. He's delegated us. He's commissioned us to be Jesus to the world. And in Romans 8.28 says, We have been he knew us before the beginning of, of creation. He knew us. And those who he foreknew, those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Each one of us were created. He knew you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you and predestined you to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ so we would be his ambassadors to the world. What I'd like everybody to do is stand. I want to just close with worship this morning. I'd like for us to minister to him in worship this morning. I think it would be, I think we just have too many people to, we do. But you can move out into the aisles. You can move to the front. You can skip up and down the aisles. I believe that this is the Breakthrough Sunday. He wants more for us. He wants us to get rid of pride. He wants us to get rid of anxiety. He wants us to minister to Him, to love on Him, so we can open our hearts to receive His love. And once we've received, be a man and a woman after God's own heart. How do we connect with God's own heart? Through worshiping Him, through receiving what He has for us while we're worshiping Him. When you start to love on somebody, it's difficult for them not to love back on you most of the time. But for God so loved the world that He so loved the world, He gave His Son that all would come to repentance. So this morning, let's step out in the aisles. Let's step to the back. Let's move up and down the aisles. Let's just worship Him for a while. In closing this morning, let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. Let's thank Him for all He's done. All of these scriptures we've just been through that we've read are pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus. This is the initiation, the initiation for the send out. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.